Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at the top menu for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to the daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day and in both audio and text forms. <clears throat> My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you Monday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing, excuse me, starting our reading in chapter 14, Bringing Illusions to Truth, with sections 1 and 2, The Introduction, and Guilt and Guiltlessness. As the top of the hour, um, we'll pause and Fran will lead us in remembering our lesson for the day. Today being Lesson 156, another perfect pair for the reading. Lesson 156, I walk with God in perfect holiness. So Gloria is not with us to bring one of her poetic openings. <clears throat> and uh, I asked for guidance and I got a pretty simple instruction a short thing to remember um, which is the uh, the review thought for the next set of review, which is overarching through the series of lessons we're in now, and that thought is, God is but love, and therefore, so am I. it again in the second perfect person, God is but love, and therefore so are you. All right, and with us... Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, Judy. And uh, um, with us in reading today, I have Fran, Karen, Donna, Jessica, Judy, and Harrison, with us in listening, uh, Kristen, Lana, and Robin Marie. Just one 
one second to get a sip and I'll, I'll get us started. Okay, no, so we begin chapter 14, bringing illusions to truth. Section 1, the introduction. Unless you are guiltless, you cannot know God, whose will it is, whose will is that you know him. Try that again. Unless you are guiltless, you cannot know God, whose will is that you know him. Therefore, you must be guiltless. Yet if you do not accept the necessary conditions for knowing him, you have denied him and do not recognize him, though he is all around you. He cannot be known without his son, whose guiltlessness is the condition for knowing him. Accepting his son as guilty is denial of the Father, so complete that knowledge is swept away from recognition in the very mind where God himself has placed it. If you would but listen and learn how impossible this is, Do not endow him with attributes you understand. You made him not, and anything you understand is not of him. And Fran. Chapter 14, Bring Illusions to Truth. Introduction. Unless you are guiltless, you cannot know God, whose will is that you know him. Therefore, you must be guiltless. Yet if you do not accept the necessary conditions for knowing him, you have denied him and do not recognize him, though he is all around you. He cannot be known without his son, whose guiltlessness is a condition for knowing him. Accepting his son as guilty is denial of the father so complete that knowledge is swept away from recognition in the very mind where God himself has placed it. If you would but listen and learn how impossible this is, do not endow him with attributes you understand. You made him not, and anything you understand is not of him, too. Your task is not to make reality. It is here without your making, but not without you. You who have thrown yourselves away and valued God so little, hear me speak for him and for yourselves. You cannot understand how much your father loves you, for there is no parallel in your experience of the world to help you understand it. There is nothing on earth with which it can compare and nothing you have ever felt apart from him that resembles it ever so faintly. You cannot even give a blessing and perfect gentleness. Would you know of one and who knows of nothing except giving? Thank you, Fran. And Karen. Two. Your task is not to make reality. It is here without your making, but not without you. 
You who have thrown yourselves away and valued God so little, hear me speak for him and for yourselves. You cannot understand how much your Father loves you, for there is no parallel in your experience of the world to help you understand it. There is nothing on earth with which it can compare, and nothing you have ever felt apart from him that resembles it ever so faintly. You cannot even give a blessing in perfect gentleness. Would you know of one who gives forever and who knows of nothing except giving? Three, the children of heaven live in the light of the blessing of their father because they know that they are sinless. The atonement was established as the means of restoring guiltlessness to the mind which has denied it and thus denied heaven to itself. Atonement teaches you the true condition of the Son of God. It does not teach you what you are or what your Father is. The Holy Spirit who remembers this for you merely teaches you how to remove the blocks that stand between you and what you know. His memory is yours. If you remember what you have made, you are remembering nothing. Remembrance of reality is in him and therefore in you. Thank you, Karen. And Donna, would you read three and then section title and into the next section? Three. The children of heaven live in the light of the blessing of their father because they know that they are sinless. The atonement was established as the means of restoring guiltlessness to the mind which has denied it and thus denied heaven itself. Atonement teaches you the true condition of the Son of God. It does not teach you what you are or what your Father is. The Holy Spirit, who remembers this for you, merely teaches you how to remove the blocks that stand between you and what you know. His memory is yours. If you remember what you have made, you are remembering nothing. Remembrance of reality is in him and therefore in you. Chapter 14, Bringing Illusions to Truth, Section 2, Guilt and Guiltlessness, 4. The guiltless and the guilty are totally incapable of understanding one another. Each perceives the other as like himself, making them unable to communicate because each sees the other unlike the way he sees himself. God can communicate only to the Holy Spirit in your mind because only he shares the knowledge of what you are with God. 
and only the Holy Spirit can answer God for you. For only he knows what God is. Everything else that you've placed within your mind cannot exist. For what is not in communication with the mind of God has never been. Communication with God is life. Nothing without it is at all. Thank you, Donna and Jessica. Thanks, someone. Paragraph four from the chapter 14, Bringing Illusions to Truth, Section 2, Guilt and Guiltlessness. The guiltless and the guilty are totally incapable of understanding one another. Each perceives the other as like himself, making them unable to communicate because each sees the other unlike the way he sees himself. God can communicate only to the Holy Spirit in your mind because only he shares the knowledge of what you are with God. And only the Holy Spirit can answer God for you for only he knows what God is. Everything else that you have placed within your mind cannot exist. For what is not in communication with the mind of God has never been. Communication with God is life. Nothing without it is at all. Five. The only part of your mind that has reality is the part which links you still with God. Would you have all of it transformed into a radiant message of God's love to share with all the lonely ones who denied him with you? God makes this possible. Would you deny his yearning to be known? You yearn for him as he for you. This is forever changeless. Accept then the immutable. Leave the world of death behind and return quietly to heaven. There is nothing of value here and everything of value there. Listen to the Holy Spirit and to God through him. He speaks of you to you. There is no guilt in you for God is blessed in his Son as the sun is blessed in him. Thank you, Jessica and Judy. So glad to read this line. It's one of my favorites from the text. The only part of my mind, the only part of your mind that has reality is the part which links you still with God. Would you have all of it transformed into a radiant message of God's love to share with all the lonely ones who deny him with you? God makes this possible. Would you deny his yearning to be known? 
You yearn for him. Is he for you? This is forever changeless. Accept them, the immutable. Leave the world of death behind and return quietly to heaven. There is nothing of value here in this world and everything of value there. Listen to the Holy Spirit and to God through him. He speaks of you to you. There is no guilt in you, for God is blessed in his Son, as the Son is blessed in him. Each one of you has a special part to play in the atonement, but the message given to each to share is always the same. God's Son is guiltless. Each one teaches a message differently and learns it differently. Yet until he teaches it and learns it, he will suffer the pain. Excuse me. He will suffer the pain of dim awareness that his true function remains unfulfilled in him. The burden of guilt is heavy, but God would not have you bound by it. His plan for your awakening is as perfect as yours is fallible. You know not what you do, but he who knows is with you. His gentleness is yours, and all the love you share with God, he holds and trusts to you. He would teach you that he would teach you nothing except how to be happy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Judy and Harrison. Who walks with me? Six, each one of you has a special part to play in the atonement. But the message given to each to share is always the same. God's Son is guiltless. Each one teaches the message differently and learns it differently. Yet until he teaches it and learns it, he will suffer the pain of them when that his true function remains unfulfilled in him. The burden of guilt is heavy, but God would not have you bound by it. His plan for your awakening is as perfect as yours is fallible. You know not what you do, but he who knows is with you. His gentleness is yours, and all the love you share with God, he holds in trust for you. He would do nothing except how to be happy. 
7. Blessed Son of the Holy Blessing Father, joy was created for you. Who can, who can condemn whom God has blessed? There is nothing in the mind of God that does not share his shining innocence. Creation is the natural extension of perfect purity. Your only calling here is to devote yourself with active willingness to the denial of guilt in all its forms. To accuse is not to understand. The happy learners of the atonement become the teachers of the innocence that is the right of all that God created. Deny them not what is their due, for you will not. Who walks with me? Um, that sentence will not withhold it from them alone. <clears throat> Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Is there a new reader for 7 and 8? Lemoyne, I think I can read now. Thank you. Well, great. Thanks, Lemoyne. Oops, I'm sorry. 7. Blessed Son of a Holy Blessing Father, joy was created for you. You cannot condemn whom God has blessed. There is nothing in the mind of God that does not share his shining innocence. Creation is the natural extension of perfect purity. Your only calling here is to devote yourself with active willingness to the denial of guilt in all its forms. To accuse is not to understand. The happy learners of the atonement become the teachers of the innocence that is the right of all that God created. Deny them not what is their due, for you will not withhold it from them alone. Eight, the inheritance of the kingdom is the right of God's Son, given him in his creation. Do not try to steal it from him or you will ask for guilt and will experience it. Protect his purity from every thought that would steal it away and keep it from his sight. Bring innocence to light in answer 
to the call of the atonement. Never allow purity to remain hidden, but shine away the heavy veils of guilt within which the Son of God has hidden himself from his own sight. We are all joined in the atonement here, and nothing else can unite us in this world. So will the world of separation slip away and full communication be restored between the Father and the Son. Thank you, Lana. And is there a new reader for uh, paragraphs 8 and 9? A new reader for paragraphs 8 and 9? Okay, back to you, Fran. The inheritance of the kingdom is the right of God's Son, given him and his creation. Do not try to steal it from him, or you will ask for guilt and will experience it. Protect his purity from every thought that would steal it away and keep it from his sight. Bring innocence to light and answer to the call of the atonement. Never allow purity to remain hidden, but shine away the heavy veils of guilt within which the Son of God has hidden himself from his own sight. We are all joined in the atonement here, and nothing else can unite us in this world. So will the world of separation slip away and full communication be restored between the Father and the Son. (coughs) 9. The miracle acknowledges the guiltlessness which must have been denied to produce need of healing. Do not withhold this glad acknowledgement, for hope of happiness and release from suffering of every kind lie in it. Who is there but wishes to be free of pain? He may not yet have learned how to exchange his guilt for innocence, nor realize that only in this exchange can freedom from pain be his. Yet those who have failed to learn need teaching, not attack. To attack those who have need of teaching is to fail to learn from them. Thank you, Fran. And Karen? Nine. The miracle acknowledges the guiltlessness which must have been denied to produce the need of healing. Do not withhold this glad acknowledgement for hope of happiness and release from suffering of every kind lie in it. Who is there but wishes to be free of pain? He may not yet have learned how to exchange his guilt for innocence, nor realize that only in this exchange can freedom from pain be his. Yet those who have failed to learn need teaching, not attack. To attack those who have need of teaching is to fail to learn from them. 10. Teachers of innocence, each in his own way, have joined together, taking their part in the unified curriculum of the atonement. There is no unity of learning goals apart from this. There is no conflict in this curriculum, which has one aim, however it is taught. 
each effort made on its behalf is offered for the single purpose of release from guilt to the eternal glory of God and his creation. And every teaching that points to this points straight to heaven and to the peace of God. There is no pain, no trial, no fear that teaching this can fail to overcome. The power of God himself supports this teaching and guarantees its limitless results. Thank you, Karen. And Donna. Ken. Teachers of innocence, each in his own way, have earned, have joined together, taking their part in the unified curriculum of the atonement. There is no unity of learning goals apart from this. There is no conflict in this curriculum, which has one aim, however it is taught. Each effort made on its behalf is offered for the single purpose of release from guilt to the eternal glory of God and his creation. And every teaching that points to this points straight to heaven and to the peace of God. There is no pain, no trial, no fear that teaching this can fail to overcome. The power of God himself supports this teaching and guarantees its limitless results. 11. Join your own efforts to the power that cannot fail and must result in peace. No one can be untouched by the teaching such as this. No one can be untouched by teaching such as this. You will not see yourself beyond the power of God if you teach only this. You will not be exempt from the effects of this most holy lesson, which seeks but to restore what is the right of God's creation. From everyone whom you accord, rele- you re- accord release from guilt, you will inevitably learn your innocence. The circle of atonement has no end and you will find ever-increasing confidence in your safe inclusion in what is for all in everyone you bring within its safety and its perfect peace. Thank you, Donna. And Jessica. Eleven. Join your own efforts to the power that cannot fail and must result in peace. No one can be untouched by teachings such as this. You will not see yourself beyond the power of God if you teach only this. You will not be exempt from the effects of this most holy lesson, which seeks but to restore what is the right of God's creation. 
From everyone whom you accord release from guilt, you will inevitably learn your innocence. The circle of atonement has no end, and you will find ever-increasing confidence in your safe inclusion in what is for all in everyone you bring within its safety and its perfect peace. Twelve. Peace, then, be unto everyone who, come, who becomes a teacher of peace. For peace is the acknowledgement of perfect purity from which no one is excluded. Within its holy circle is everyone whom God created as his son. Joy is its unifying attribute with no one left outside to suffer guilt alone. The power of God draws everyone to its safe embrace of love and union. Stand quietly within this circle and attract all tortured minds to join with you in the safety of its peace and holiness. Abide with me within it as teachers of atonement, not of guilt. Thank you, Jessica and Judy. Thank you, Lord. Join your own efforts to power that cannot fail and must result in peace. No one can be untouched by teaching such as this. You will not see yourself beyond the power of God if you teach only this. You will not be exempt from the effects of this most holy lesson, which seeks but to restore what is the right of God's creation. From everyone whom you accord release from guilt, you will inevitably learn your The circle of it has no end. You will find ever confidence in your inclusion in what for all in bring within its safety and perfect peace. Let me read that again. The circle of atonement has no end and you will find ever confidence in inclusion in what is all in everyone you bring within its safety and its perfect peace. Peace, then, be unto everyone who becomes a teacher of peace. For peace is the acknowledgement of perfect purity from which no one is excluded. Within its holy circle is everyone whom God created as his son, joy is his unifying attribute, with no one left outside to suffer guilt alone. The power of God draws everyone to a safe embrace of love and union. Stand quietly within the circle and attract all tortured minds 
to join with you in the safety of its peace and holiness. Abide with me within it as teachers of atonement, not of guilt. And thank you, Judy. And, uh, okay, Harrison, would you read 12 and 13? Yes. Peace, then, be unto everyone who becomes a teacher of peace. For peace is the acknowledgement of perfect purity, from which no one is excluded. Hello. I can't hear anyone reading. Is someone on mute? No. No, I kind of lost my place. Oh, (laughs) that happened. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, It's very rough on my reading. You got a few sentences into 12. Okay, thank you. Within its holy circle is everyone whom God created as his son. Joy is its unifying attribute with no one left outside to suffer guilt alone. The power of God draws everyone to a safe embrace of love and union. Stand quietly within this circle and attract all tortured minds to join with you in the safety of its peace and holiness. Abide with me within it as teachers of atonement, not of guilt. Blessed are you who teach with me. Our power comes not of us, but of our Father. In guiltlessness, we know him as he knows us as guiltless. I stand within the circle, calling you to peace. Teach peace with me and stand with me on holy ground. Remember for everyone your father's power that he has given him. Believe not that you cannot teach his perfect peace. 
stand not outside, but join with me within. Fell not the only purpose to which my teaching calls you. Restore to God his Son as he created him by teaching him his innocence. Thank you, Harrison. And Lana, can you read again now, 13 and 14? Yes, I can. Page 13. Great. Let me pull it up. Blessed are you who teach with me. Our power comes not of us, but of our Father. In guiltlessness we know him, as he knows us guiltless. I stand within the circle, calling you to peace. Teach peace with me and stand with me on holy ground. Remember for everyone your father's power that he has given him. Believe not that you cannot teach his perfect peace. Stand not outside, but join with me within. Fail not the only purpose to which my teaching calls you. Restore to God, restore to God his son as he created him by teaching him his innocence. 14. The crucifixion has no part in the atonement. Only the resurrection becomes my part in it. That is the symbol of the release from guilt by guiltlessness. Whom you perceive as guilty, you would crucify. Yet you restore guiltlessness to whomever you see as guiltless. Crucifixion is always the ego's aim. It sees as guilty and by its condemnation it would kill. The Holy Spirit sees only gentleness, and in his gentleness he would release from fear and reestablish the reign of love. The power of love is in his gentleness, which is of God, and therefore cannot crucify nor suffer crucifixion. The temple you restore becomes your altar, becomes your altar, for it was rebuilt through you. And everything you give to God is yours. Thus he creates, and thus must you restore. Thank you, Lana. And is there a new reader for 14 and 15? I'm here now. I'd like to, Robin Marie. Okay, please do, Robin Marie. Thanks. 14. The crucifixion has no part in the atonement. Only the resurrection became my part in it. That is the symbol of the release from guilt by guiltlessness. Whom you perceive as guilty, 
you would crucify, yet you restore guiltlessness to whomever you see as guiltless. Crucifixion is always the ego's aim. It sees as guilty, and by its condemnation, it would kill. The Holy Spirit sees only guiltlessness, and in his gentleness, he would release from fear and reestablish the reign of love. The power of love is in his gentleness, which is of God and therefore cannot crucify nor suffer crucifixion. The temple you restore becomes your altar, for it was rebuilt through you, and everything you give to God is yours. Thus he creates, and thus you must restore. 15. Each one you see you place within the holy circle of atonement or leave outside, judging him fit for crucifixion or for redemption. If you bring him into the circle of purity, you will rest there with him. If you leave him without, you join him there. Judge not accepting quietness, which is not of you. Refuse to accept anyone as without the blessing of atonement and bring him into it by blessing him. Holiness must be shared for therein lies everything that makes it holy. Come gladly to the holy circle and look out in peace on all who think they are outside. Cast no one out, for this is what he seeks along with you. Come, let us join him in the holy place of peace, which is for all of us, united as one within the cause of peace. Thank you, Robin Marie. And is there a new reader for paragraph 15? New reader to conclude with 15. Hi, I can do it, Lemoyne. Great. Mindy. Please do, Mindy. Thank you. 15. Whoops. You know what? Give me a moment. I scrolled to the wrong place. Thank you for your patience. Ah, here we are. Fifteen. Each one you see, <clears throat> you place within the holy circle of atonement or leave outside, judging him fit for crucifixion or for redemption. If you bring him into the circle of purity, you will rest there with him. If you leave him without, you join him there. Judge not except in quietness, which is not of you. Refuse to accept anyone as without the blessing of atonement and bring him into it by blessing him. Holiness must be shared, for therein lies everything that makes it holy. Come gladly to the holy circle and look out in peace on all who think they are outside. Cast no one out, for this is what he seeks, along with you. Come, let us join him in the holy place of peace, which is for all of us, 
united as one within the cause of peace. Amen. Well, thank you, Mindy. And, uh, yeah, it's a long reading. And um, Judy has kind of already emphasized the part that I would have emphasized in 10 and 11. And uh, rather than read 15 again, what I would like to do Let's pass it over to you, Fran, to uh, lead us in the lesson of the day. Sure. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and today we are on Lesson 156. I walk with God in perfect holiness. So I shall read some from the lesson, and then we'll do our five-minute practice on the lesson. Okay. I walk with God in perfect holiness. Today's idea but states the simple truth that makes the thought of sin impossible. It promises there is no cause for guilt. and being causeless, it does not exist. It follows surely from the basic thought so often mentioned in the text. Ideas leave not their source. If this be true, how can you be apart from God? How could you walk the world alone and separate from your source? You cannot walk the world apart from God because you could not be without him. He is what your life is. Where you are, he is. There is one life, that life you share with him. Yet where he is, there must be holiness as well as life. There is a light in you which cannot die whose presence is so holy that the world is sanctified because of you. The light in you is what the universe longs to behold. This is the way salvation works. As you step back, the light in you steps forward and encompasses the world. It heralds not the end of sin and punishment and death. In lightness and in laughter is it gone. It is a foolish thought a silly dream. Yet you have wasted many, many years on just this foolish thought. The past is gone with all its fantasies. They keep you bound no longer. The approach to God is near. Who walks with me? This question should be asked a thousand times a day till certainty has ended doubting and established peace. Today, let doubting cease. God speaks for you in answering your question with these words. I walk with God in perfect holiness. I light the world. I light my mind and all the minds which God created one with me. So we'll take our five-minute practice now. Lesson 156. I walk with God in perfect holiness. Everybody did.
Today's idea that states the simple truth that makes the thought of sin impossible. Lesson 156. I walk with God in perfect holiness. Amen. Thank you, friend. Amen. Thank you, friend. Who walks with me? Thank you, guys. Thank you, Fran. That was lovely. Thank you, Fran. This is Yogi Chris, just checking in, saying hi, listening in perfect holiness. Thank you, Chris. It's Harrison. A thousand times. Who walks with me? Who walks with me? Trying to figure out how many times uh, a minute Do I need to say that in order to say it a thousand times today? Really needs to embrace my thought system. I walk with God in perfect holiness. What a great lesson. Then in paragraph 15 on the reading, Each one you see, you place within the holy circle of atonement or leave him outside, judging him fit for crucifixion or for redemption. If you bring him into the circle of purity, you will rest with him. If you leave him without, you join him there. If I recognize and accept that I walk with God, then everyone I see is walking with me in the circle of atonement 
There's no place else to be. There's no place else to go. But endless hope of atonement. I walk with God. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Oh, thank you, Harrison. And good morning, Yogi Chris. Top of the morning. This is Donna, and I have learned by attending that listening and participating in these readings gives me guidance directly from the Holy Spirit um, to see what he's saying to me. From our lesson today, I got this, this. Let go, let light lead. It is our own holy light God gave and shares with us. And then, from the um, reading paragraph one I got guilt is denying yours God's and everyone's reality and from two guilt hides reality and three the Holy Spirit is God's guide to bring us home home is not a material world five guilt deepens the dreamers sleep six our function is to let Holy Spirit wake us paragraph seven be willing to let be willing to no longer entertain guilt in our holy mind and paragraph eight a scripture came to me awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead and Christ will give you light today is the first time I understood why that scripture says light and not life and that's because life is we we already have and it's eternal and from 11 atonement is perfect peace and from 13 Innocence is our true state of omni-being. And 14, only real love is real power. And 15, there is only holiness. Anything else is the sleeper's fitful dream. I'm very blessed and very grateful for everyone. I am complete. You are complete, and that was complete. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. That was really lovely. Thank you. Hi, this is Yogi Chris. I'd like to share. Um, This lesson, this 
prayer, if you may call it, is for me a tremendous reminder of the actual reality of perfect holiness that we can now be with God in perfect holiness, not just walk with God in perfect holiness, which is analogous of our journey, but we could be with God in perfect holiness no matter if we're walking, if we're eating, if we're sleeping, any activity that You dropped, Chris. We can't hear you. Chris, you dropped. I don't know what happened. I lost contact. Can everyone hear me? Yeah, and now I got dropped. We can hear you yeah. now. Yeah. Can hear you now. Yeah. Super, thank you. Maybe that's a moment of silence. I should say the serenity prayer. Um so we <laughs> We can now, we can now uh, practice being in that oneness with God, um, and as we are in that vibration, that radiates through us uh, healing. Not we're we're just not healing ourselves. It it extends outward like a a ray to a sun. You know when you think of a sun radiating and it's light it extends to everything in this world when the sun is shining so i what this is saying is that we could have that light shine bright and clear within us um, in the present moment Um, yeah uh, i love how he compares shares about nature the waves now bowing down to us as we walk and, and and the softness of the leaves, the winds that sink to a whisper around our holy heads. Uh, of course they would because that's what we are. That's what we are holding, that energy. And it only shines back at us because of the mirror of everything. There's nothing outside of us. Um, and that light that we carry is, um, is everyone's light. So as we awaken that light within us, of course, it awakens other light. How many times have we heard this in so many forms in the course? It's just an ongoing reminder over and over. It's very symphonic. Um, that gentle light, uh, transforms uh, everything into its 
likeness and its purity. My goodness, how powerful is our light within us and as us. Um, that light is, is lighthearted and, 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 and laugh, laugh, it creates laughter. Um, and uh, it's always with us. Moment by moment, it's our light companion, let's just say. Uh, and it walks with us. And it's beautiful. And I love the reminder that we could be in that perfect holiness. We could light our minds and light other minds in oneness as God created us. It's just a beautiful reminder. I had an experience that reflects these words. This morning, I was practicing a form of meditation called Vipassana or self-observation. And as I'm, my mind was becoming more and more peaceful, the cat, my, Miles, who oftentimes generates peace, gets on my lap. He's vibrating because he's purring up a storm of that energy, and he's fostering, mirroring back that that I'm cultivating in meditation. How beautiful that is. And he lies on my lap, vibrating with me, because that purr is like a vibration of peace. And uh, again, as I share these experiences, it's not me. It's the holiness that I'm open and receptive to. I have a challenge, an opportunity to, when I share this, um, just say that because um, I, I don't know why I'm saying it. But anyways, I was over in uh, Melrose with some friends. And as I entered the door, I could tell that there was something going on that their state, their vibration and their tonality of my two friends were kind of low. And I, could, I, I, I witnessed that. And, of course, my role is to be in that joyous, lighthearted holiness within me and watch what happens. And, of course, I start sharing. And as I'm sharing, I could tell in my voice that it's very uplifting, uh, lighthearted, and it, it's that energy. And I'm just, I'm just observing what happens as I continue that. And we played a game together, and we we were laughing hysterically, and and uh, not hysterically. I don't like to use hysteria. We were laughing euphorically. That's the word. And by the end of the time we finished, that light multiplied itself, where it was a whole different feel. It was a whole different vibration. After I left. Thank you, thank you, God, for being that source of joy within me that could bring joy that's already within my brother and sister that was there and bring it out. I'm complete. Wonderful. Thank you, Chris. Mm -hmm. um, thank you, Chris. Thank you. Was, yeah, thank you, Chris. Well, of uh, giving and receiving being one as we share the love of God 
um, it just lights up the world and everyone around us. So thank you for sharing that. Good morning, guys. Will you complete that? Good morning, guys. It's June. And uh, I um, think the Lord morning is the t- title of the chapter, Bringing Illusions to the Truth. And you know how she says she's so much being one of her favorite chapters. And so she... Excuse me, Judy. Someone's unmuted or you're breaking up or something's going on. I can't even make out what you're saying. Sorry. Someone's not on mute. Here we go. (coughs) I have um, a a number of things on my mind this morning. And as I shared at the beginning of the call, I I wish to... um, extend a prayer for my, my friend Cliff who who woke up last week a few days ago without his his body sight. He woke up physically blind. And my prayer in the beginning of the call was to um, restore or help him maintain his vision, his Christ vision, which he understands and knows. It's does not require our body's eyes to see and to see holiness in everything. I think my friend Cliff really has a great understanding of of the idea that um, everything, everything, everything is holy and everything is a gift that comes to us and through us in our minds when they're holy united and at one with God, that only loving thoughts are true. And it, and it speaks of this in the, in the lesson today, that ideas leave not their source. And, you know, that we are the light of God itself, of truth itself, of love itself, that I will step back and let love walk ahead of me that I will see everything in the light that is gift of love, that I have nothing to fear. Well, what, what, what would it be like for me this morning if I woke up and I, I couldn't, with my eyes, I see? Would I be afraid and feel I was alone in the isolation of my darkness? Or would I have the confidence of knowing my Father was with me, being within me, heaven, the communication link that I hold in my mind with God, that gives me my holiness, that gives me my power, that gives me my strength, not to even need to reach out my hands for anything, not to need or want anything, but to trust in the surety and safety that everything that I need and want or could possibly want is already within me and know that it will come to me because that is God's will for me, my perfect happiness. This is really unlayering the onion for me in contemplating my friend's physical blindness. 
it's been an easy exercise for Jude to visualize all-encompassing light that I see throughout the world, the beauty and the loveliness without my judgment upon it, but to come from a place of love within me that holds no fear of anything, no judgment of anything outside of me. Because the book says there is nothing outside of me. But do I know that in my heart of hearts? Do I really know that in my heart of hearts? That heaven is within me and there is nothing outside of me. That I am not a body. That I am spirit and I am purely mind. That I am purely mind. And that I trust and have faith that everything is perfectly beneficent and that no harm can come to me. I'm asking myself these questions honestly today that I would know the perfect purity of everything without the judgment that I would lay upon it, without the attack or the blame for anything outside of me, for causing a disturbance of my perfect peace that is my inheritance, being one with God. The perfect purity and the perfect peace and the innocence of everything. Holiness, my holiness is shared that I would hold that one thought between the awareness of my holiness and God. I would not hold one thought in between the holiness of my awareness and its awareness within me. I would not hold one thought between holiness and its awareness within me. And there's nothing outside of me. I walk with God in perfect holiness today. In innocence, it can't be touched, changed, distorted, or made imperfect. Wow. <laughs> the end. <laughs> there's no end to the atonement. Oh, there's no end to the circle of atonement. Everything is included. Nothing is excluded. Be still and know I am. I am complete. Thank you, Judy. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Judy. I'm seeing your friend as perfect, just absolutely perfect, just as he was created. Who walks with you? Who walks? with your friend. Your friend walks with God in perfect holiness. He lights the world. He lights my mind and all the minds created one with him. 
Thank you, Harrison. Thank you so much, guys. My friend Cliff, he is a, um, a constant mantra that says, thank you, I love you. Thank you, I love you. And it, it's, it's been a real challenge for him to, to, to maintain that. But I know with everyone's prayer and, and strength and, and our unified hope in God that this, this will remain true for him. It's 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 a, a big challenge, and I'm just trying to share with him and with with all of us. I think you know we depend so much and invest so much in our physical sight. And I used to think, well, what would it what what would it be like if I couldn't see? Would I still feel as strongly and with such strong conviction? of what I think I can see with my body's eyes. If my body's eyes were no longer there, if my body disappeared, how would I see? What does it mean to see with vision, with the eyes of Christ, with the eyes of God? How does God see everything except as himself in holiness? Amen. Thank you, Judy, and all the lovely feedback. Hi, this is Lana. Um, I really loved how the lesson and the reading kind of uh, walked, works together and <laughs> walks together <laughs> in perfect holiness. You know, um, one of the things that. Um, really help me when I'm uh, believing on someone other than the truth of who I am as I go right back to the beginning where um, Jesus tells me that um, I'm a thought in the mind of God I am that's where I reside I can't be anyplace else I have no there it's impossible to have a thought system other than the mind of God so whenever most of um so i try you know so even this lesson says starts out with today's idea but states the simple truth that makes the thought of sin impossible sin or any type of guilty feeling um any type of judgment uh you know it's it's um it's a belief in an imaginary thought system that's separate from the true place, my true place of residing, and, and that's eternally in the mind of God. I'm a thought in the mind of God. Um, I can't have any other thoughts other than the thoughts I think with God. So that really points me directly at my holiness and anything other than that any thought that rises up in my awareness that passes through my mind um, that seems to be in variance with the truth that I only have the thoughts I think with God you know it's it's like a flashing caution light you know beware don't grab hold of it don't buy into it um, because you'll go down a really rocky road if you do 
and it won't be a pleasant experience. It's not anything to feel guilty about. It's not, uh, although it would invite me to feel guilty, you know, like, oops, I did it again, um, took um, a wrong turn, <laughs> you know, but um, I, I find that in acceptance of the truth, just, you know, it's like, it's like I think um, it's mentioned here in the lesson and also in the reading somewhere that whenever this curriculum uh, that I've chosen to be my path to God, um, path to my awareness of God, you know, because I've never left there, um, is either fully true or not true at all. So whenever there seems to be a contradiction in the language that Jesus uses, I've, I've really learned to accept the fact that um, it's through a misperception or a misunderstanding on my part because um, the idea that Jesus could make an error in teaching me uh, the atonement is just a ridiculous and absurd idea. You know, so it's, it points me within um, and it's it, when I um, look at things that, you know, validate the truth, when I look at the things that I can join, and that, that joins us rather than separates us or makes us different, you know, then that truth shows up in my mind just as an effect of choosing it. You know, it's, it's like accepting what is. Um, and the only time that I can be sidetracked is if, you know, that question or that idea comes into my mind, oh, this seems different than uh, what he said in chapter 13 or what he said in chapter 2 or, you know, the questioning mind, the thinking mind is just a distraction um, from the truth. And the more I dive into it trying to understand it, um, trying to understand God, uh, it just takes me farther away from the truth. So it's like I, I, I am still learning, have learned, but still I'm learning to trust that truth is true and let truth validate itself, let it prove itself through my experience. All I have to do is accept the word of God, accept the teachings of Jesus. And the meaning will of itself naturally arise in the surface of my mind because I asked for it. That was my desire. It was my will that truth be true, that I recognize the truth. And, um, and I've shared before that one of two things happens. Either I see my question as meaningless and I don't give it another thought, or uh, some answer or solution is delivered to my mind in a way that I couldn't have imagined, you know. And it could come in, you know, God reaches out to, to me, to all of us, where we are. You know, we don't have to be in a certain place in our awakening or enlightenment. Jesus meets us where we are. And it's why I think at the beginning of the text, he is speaking to me as I'm identifying myself, you know, and as, um, as an ego. I don't think I'm anything else. 
you know, that's my only point of reference. I don't even think there's an other way of being. But as we progress through the chapters, he starts meeting us farther along, you know, where that where we see that we have a choice. So then his counsel to me or his teaching will be to choose wisely and to choose the truth. All the way up to, you know, the ending um, chapter, you know, in the last section where he just acknowledges, you know, we're going to stumble, but we just need to choose again, choose once again. And um, it's always, I think, in, at least for me, is the first thing to realize that it's impossible for me not to be holy. It's impossible for me to be a sinner, or sin cannot be possible because I reside in the mind of God. And uh, that mind is pure, perfect holiness. It's impossible for me to be other than a perfect creation of my creator, of my perfect creator. So it's... um. You know, it it is a process, and we do. You know, and I know from my own experience, I I can stumble and fall. Something something could be reacted in me, and or re or I could react in a way that makes me have doubts or uncertainty. But that's just a thought. That's just a thought. And I only have thoughts, I think, with God because I am a thought in the mind of God. So from that get-go, I can accept the fact that what I'm perceiving may seem like real, like it's real, may feel like it's real. But I can accept that even though I don't understand it in this moment of time, in the acceptance that truth is true, Truth naturally shows up. It's only when I do battle with it or try to convince myself. You know, (laughs) it's like my insanity is doing battle with its own insanity. You know, if if I'm engaging in the thinking mind to resolve an issue or a thought or a worry that has nothing to do with my thinking mind, there's no answer that, that, um, that resides there, you know. I, Jesus says it's neither good nor bad, but it's a tragic waste of time. That time could be spent in peace with God and my brothers, and um, and this relationship that we all share as one in God. It's it's both generalized and it's personal in that. Um, when of course lovely. We, he refers to unity and relationship. You know, the unity points to all of our oneness in the mind of God as one. And our relationship points to our individual experience of that. You know, to points to am I at peace or am I not? You know, so it's in both unity and relationship um, with what is, with what is true, what shows up in my awareness. You know, it's like this, you know, endless debate over the world, whether the world is real or not. And I've learned that, you know, and Jesus has told me a more important question to ask is, what is my relationship with the world? You know, what is my relationship with my experience of existing, existence? You know, because that's ultimately 
going to be the determining factor in whether I'm at peace or at war. You know, opinions <laughs> in all branches of experience, you know, whether they're of the world or spiritual or scientific or, you know, opinions can get me in a lot of trouble if I become attached to them. And I think one of the the most beautiful features of the atonement is of its undoing capacity to undo beliefs and opinions and definitions that the thinking mind is, is giving things. And go back to um, our unity in relationship with our existence, with God, with our brothers. And it's either love or it's not, you know. And, and uh, so... I try to keep it simple. It's the K-I-S-S of spirituality. <laughs> you know, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> and um, and that works better for me. You know, Jesus speaks to me in very simple language. <laughs> he doesn't try to complicate my mind any more than it already is. So, But it always points back to the simplicity of salvation, you know, and... and uh, it is simple, not always easy, but very simple. I am as God created me, and this is what it looks like now. You know, I never change. I'm always a thought in the mind of God, a perfect thought in the mind of God, a holy thought in the mind of God, an innocent thought in the mind of God. And it doesn't matter how it's showing up. That remains the truth. And it's funny, when I stop fighting, you know, it's like that saying when when you stop struggling, you float. And that's so true in um, maintaining my peace is when I stop struggling, when I stop um, doing battle with it or trying to prove I'm right about anything. You know, when I stop that, it's like the peace and joy and innocence just naturally rises to the surface of the mind and um, and takes me back home to heaven with God and with and with all my relationships. So I'm babbling on now, so I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Mana. Thank you, Lana. This is Yogi Chris again. One quick thing, and I know I shared, and I apologize if um, I'm taking someone's turn right now. Um, There is a mm, beautiful, and my heart goes out to this gentleman who is challenged with his eyesight. I can imagine the the feelings that are arising within him, and the, but I'm sure he can witness them and 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 love them and accept them and move through them. Of course, I want that for myself and others. Um, so I like to start by saying that there's a. I like to recommend, encourage a interview that Lynn Kidd did with a gentleman by the name of Eddie Lee. Eddie Lee lost his eyesight 
and has used his eyes of his heart to see now. Um, he saw the loss of his eyesight as a blessing in, in life through the cultivation of a profound inner awareness which was absent with full eyesight. And in the movie Superhuman, they blindfold people that have skillfully used their spiritual eye, their third eye, and they could read, they could pick out food in a grocery store and not have physical eyesight. So they found, they've experienced a blessing in that. And people, of course, are in awe of that gift that we all have, by the way. Um, so it is on YouTube. It's called Wisdom of the Heart. And the title of it is No Longer Looking Out, But Looking In. But isn't that true vision? I'm complete. Thank you, Chris. Yogi Chris. This is Ida. Good morning. Um, right. I like your shares, Lana and Chris. And uh, what Chris just shared puts me to mind of something I've said for a while, which is if you or the world can do anything, anything that we can do by physical means, like robots or anything else, we can do spiritually through the power of God and faster and easier when we're in that power and less expensively, of course, because God, God and the power of God doesn't charge us anything. <laughs> so I'm not a body. I'm free. For I'm still as God created me. That's my reality. I may think that nature or another person or someone did something to hurt my body. I may think that someone did something to hurt my finances, like the government or whatever, right? I may think that someone did something to hurt my phone. I may even think that someone did something to hurt my children. And in any of those cases, I would feel bad, very bad. In fact, I'd probably feel horrible for a while. But eventually, I'd have to get back to the truth. That we're all one. All minds are joined. That none of us are bodies. We are all free, for we are all still as God created us. And so, I can't really lose anything. I cannot really lose anything. If God forbid, right here where I live, there was a nuclear blast and I just, my body just in an instant was completely blown away and you never heard my physical voice anymore, God forbid, um, I would still be with you. My love would still be with you, with my family, with the world, with those I love, those who love me, you know, in God, right? What I started out to say, all things are possible. All things. And uh, because we walk with God in perfect holiness. 
Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. And I wanted to call you back after the call today, if that's okay with you. That time's all right. Sure, that'd be great. Thanks, Lana. Thank you. I joined late, so I'm going to ask, who's moderating the call today? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It's me. Lemoyne? Yep. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I've been getting phone calls. Oh, you have? Uh, my stepmother telling me my... Father's incoherent, and uh, I'm sorry. Talking, talking with my son about uh, um, just how much opioids, opiates, is he taking? Is he getting things like that? So, yeah. Sorry, I've been somewhat absent. Has have things gone off the rails? <laughs> or are you just curious? No, it was okay. I was just curious. I thought maybe it was you, but I just wasn't sure what was going on. And I certainly wish you the best. And, of course, you're doing something very important. You're helping to take care of your family. So I'm complete. Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm not sure how much help I am. I'm just uh, speaking for listening, maybe. I also want to say, in some ways, this seems to be a very dark time for the world. However, something my first spiritual teacher, Leo Russell, said to me, and I later realized it was not just a metaphor, it was literally true. It's always darkest just before the dawn. Thank you. I'm complete. Well, thank you, Ida. Hold 
Oh, I just wanted to thank you, Chris, if you're still on for um, the wisdom of the heart um, and the course of love guest, Eddie Lee, who speaks on no, no longer looking out, looking in. And um, thank everyone for their sharing the one prayer that we all might see through the eyes of God today and for um, the strength and, and wisdom that we share with our friend Cliff. Um, and if anyone has any other beautiful things to share about helping friends who have lost their physical sight, I'd be more than grateful to hear about it. Um, I love you all. Thank you. It's very difficult um, to watch others um, in, in their suffering, and I want to help and heal is, is, is nothing but preeminent in our hearts and our minds today. And I thank you for joining me in this. And complete. Thank you, Judy. You know what comes mm-hmm. to mind for me, Judy, is I, I think of Helen Keller and the life she led. And uh, without even being, not only not being able to see, but not being able to hear um, the silent, you know, blackness of her world and how, with the help of her teacher and her inner strength and light, um, she was more, she had better sight than anyone. (laughs) You know, the things she... um, saw within her own mind with true vision. I mean, she was so wise. And um, I know I'm not uh, invalidating the challenges that must have, because they must have been tremendous, but she seemed to rise above it. And and to see um, what was valuable in this world, her uh, inner vision and wisdom, which only comes from you know, the love of God. So anyhow, um, that just came to mind when you just shared, and I wanted to share it with you. So I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. There are many inspirationals <laughs> all around us. If we, if we look for them, seek, seek what we seek to rejoice. I think that's, Part of the the, um, the lesson, you know, the the lesson and the the text is reminding me that projection, perception is projection, and what what my mind seeks from the ideas that are within it um, are a reflection. And um, Chris, in his practice, makes that clear to me. You know that I can perceive darkness or suffering in the world. But it's my willingness to see the the light and to bring the light with me and shine it upon whatever I'm looking for that that transfigures it and trans transforms it into into the truth that the ideas do not leave their source and what Lana you you stressed today was that you know my mind thinks the mind of God that is the truth. The text speaks of it today. It says the only part of my mind 
that is real, it's a part that's in communion with God. That's the old constructive, powerful part of my mind that is worthy of paying attention to and, and, and utilizing as an extension of God in my creativity in healing the world and being creative in the world. And um, to see through the eyes of Christ is, you know, and, and it's like the condition for knowing this is that I have to be at peace. And the condition for knowing the truth of what I see, what I perceive, is not attacking anything I see, not wanting anything to be different, but to know the perfect purity of it. And say, you know what? <laughs> I'm seeing something a little bit better than this. And this can be better in my heart and my mind. And I can make that creative perception happen in the world. And this is what I'm learning today. And thank you for all, all your wisdom and, and your experience in practicing because I know I'm still a little itty-bitty um, um, learner and I have I have a great need to be surrounded by people who, who have been practicing and know how to apply this stuff in, in, in form and in perception. Um, you know, and, you know, we're all beamed up to heaven and one in unity, and it's not just an intellectual concept anymore. And we no longer need the body, and the world disappears, and all these promises that are, are said to be true in truth and, and holy in truth. Um, you know, that's what I want to hold this engine in my mind on the altar to the holiest of holier perceivers in my mind that I can share that vision. Holiest of holy, I walk with God in holiness today. Amen. Thank you guys for being so inspirational and complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Well, yeah, this is this is a little more, and I apologize for my absence earlier. Um. I'd like to uh, I'd like to read from paragraph six because it uh, talks about uh, sameness and difference and how there's no the difference is is fine as well but what uh what is what is different is still within the same so let me just read six. Each one of you has a special part to play in the atonement, but the message given each given to each to share is always the same. God's son is guiltless. 
Each one teaches the message differently and learns it differently. Yet until he teaches it and learns it, he will suffer the pain of dim awareness that his true function remains unfulfilled in him. The burden of guilt is heavy, but God would not have you bound by it. His plan for your awaking is as perfect as yours is fallible. You know not what you do, but he who knows is with you. His gentleness is yours, and all the love you share with God he holds in trust for you. He would teach you nothing except how to be happy. Blessed Son of a Holy Blessing Father, joy was created for you. Uh, thank you all for being here today. And uh, I'll end the recording, but not the call. And Paths may be different. It's always the same. Go ahead, Judy. You're breaking up, Lemoy, and I can't hear you. Um, yeah, Judy, you've been choppy all day, so I think it might be on your end. But okay, thank you. Again, thank you all for being here. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you so much. And sending blessings to your family, too. Can you hear me now? 